0: Okay. Hello, everyone. Hi, Jamie. Very. I love this setting, but it's it's a little bit awkward when you're trying to when you're running late and you're trying to organise things without everyone seeing that you're very disorganised. But I think I think I got away with it. Oh, I just said it out loud. Okay. Right. Okay. So, hand in the cookie jar is what I want to talk about today, and I just want to start off with this uh, song by Jack Johnson. Now, as soon as the sun starts starts shining, you need to listen to Jack Johnson, though this is probably his most depressing song. (laughs) I don't know if it's auto-playing. Is it auto-playing? If it's not, give it a...
1: Says the boy with the gun Sure I pulled the trigger But I needed to be done Because life's been killing me Ever since it begun You can't blame me Cause I'm too young You can't blame me Sure the killer was my son But I didn't teach him To pull the trigger of the gun It's the killing on this TV screen You can't blame me it's those images he see Well, you can't blame me, says the media man Well, I wasn't the one who came up with the plan And I just put my camera, what the people wanna see, man, it's a two-way mirror Song or the makeup of the movie which it bases life on It's only entertainment as anyone can see the Smoke machines that make a man who can fool me
0: Okay, that's, the name of that song is called Cookie Jar and it's all about how we shift blame It can't be us, it's got to be someone else You can't blame me, I'm just the next one in the line It's what, what was passed down to me And there's something in human nature that has a tendency to shift the blame. We like a defense. Um, I uh, took Lucy and Arthur, we went to Canberra Sands for a few days, and so we arrived at the beach. Now, going to the beach is so easy when it's just two adults. As soon as you add in a child, my goodness, their ability to unpack... While you're trying to pack to leave, and sand everywhere, oh gosh, it's, it's entertaining. But while Lucy was just relaxing, doing his nappy, doing the lunch, doing the uh, cooking for later in the day, my job was to pack the bag to take to the, to the beach. So we arrive, and we start getting, laying out the camp, and she said, have you got his rash vest? No. Why wouldn't you bring his rash vest? Well, I didn't bring his rash vest. Now instantly I was thinking, did you pack his rash vest? No. Then I'm thinking, I packed everything else, a little gratitude for everything else that I did remember? No. Now I'm thinking, well, if you had supervised me, maybe then we would have the rash vest. So I, I start on the defensive. I feel threatened, and I'm, I'm pushing back. Then finally I come to acceptance. Okay, there's not a rash fest here. I accept that we need a rash fest. I'll go home and get it. It's just a five-minute run. I can get it and be back. Not a problem. And that's when the most annoying thing for me comes up. Don't worry about it now. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Because once I recognize I've made a fault, I've got to fix it. Now, then to be hamstrung from being able to fix it is the worst thing for me. I don't know if anyone else is like that, but I want to run and fix it. And that was taken away from me. What is it that I need? I need to be faultless. But when I can't be faultless, I need to be my own saviour. I have to fix what's going on. Now that sense that we've always got something that we can say, something that we can pass the blame, defend ourselves. You see it all the time, you see it in the media, you see it in politicians, never wanting to, ad- to admit fault. Partly because there is a world that wants to pin the tail on the donkey, wants to pin the fault on you. And so there's almost this desire, we've got to fight against this, and that need to be uh, to defend ourselves. Now, today, you're going to be the courtroom, and we are going to have a trial. The trial is the trial of Jamie Singleton versus Augusta Caesar Floros Nietzsche, who's not actually here, so we've got to try him in his absence. So Augusto stands accused of stealing Jamie's malted milk biscuits. Now, you are all part of the legal team in this. Now, it's quite a a sizable case, so you're all associate lawyers or whatever they call them. So this half here, you're gonna be the defense. And I want you to supply Jeremy. Jeremy, come. Come be here. Jeremy's the lead defense lawyer, and I want you guys to be thinking, when I um, give the issue uh, where I explain the case, I want you guys to be thinking, what possible defense could we make for Augusto? And you're going to feed that through to Jeremy. And then I'm going to be the prosecution as well as the victim, because I'm so disorganized and I didn't manage to get a prosecution. You guys are my prosecution team, and I want you to feed things that we can say to really um, secure the, the trial. So you've got to think, what questions or issues might the other side raise that we can counter? Um, And and we need to bat away those those issues. Now, if Augusto is found guilty, he'll be sentenced the most heinous sentence possible, a fate worse than death. He will be forced... a spoon of marmite. Yeah. <laughs> now there's some of you that would enjoy that, but Augusto does not. So it's a love hate thing. So right um, let's get a chair for gem over here. So you be preparing your notes. And then we need a judge um, Mike, you can be my judge. Let's give you a nice stool. To I know you do lots of bike riding so it's nice to sit on something soft, isn't it? There you go. All right, let's, let's robe you as a proper judge. Very judge-like the gabble. (laughs) There we go. Okay. And um, I need an executioner um, who looks pretty. Okay, Rob, yes. You can be my executioner. There we go. Okay, right. So, Rob, you come stand next to the judge over here. Let me get that... It just looks like a bin bag on your head at the moment. Let's see if we can sort that out. Where's the eye holes gone? There we go. Is that looking better? There we go. Okay, so the executioner... Okay, let's get, get this all open and ready. Look at that. Okay. Don't you be eating any executioner while you're standing there, okay? Right, so. Jamie loves his malted milk. And he was looking forward to enjoying munching on them. He put his cookie jar, he put them all in his cookie jar on Thursday evening before going to bed. When he awoke, he discovered the cookies were gone. Meanwhile, Augusto had been spotted with cookies matching the description of those stolen from Jamie. We put forward to you today, Judge, that Augusto entered Jamie's house during the night hours and took the cookies. Okay? So we're gonna give a few minutes now for the defense and the prosecution to discuss together how are we gonna win this case? And then you got a few minutes to do that between you and feed it through to the um, defense and the prosecution lawyers. So how are you gonna make your case? Do
2: you want to to start with your argument? So, um... I'd like to start by, by asking the question do we know that Jamie even had a cookie jar and cookies? Okay. No evidence that such a cookie jar even exists. Okay all right well I would like to present uh,
0: to the judge exhibit one and two. Okay here we have a selfie of Jamie with his cookie jar in his kitchen you see the the time stamp on there. 7:43, uh, and I can testify as Jamie himself that I love morted milk, and I'd bought morted milk, and I'd put them in my cookie jar just before I went to bed. Just trying to remember if I say something else at this point. They were definitely there. <laughs>
2: But how do we know that any cookies have been taken from this cookie jar? I mean, we can see the cookie jar, but there's no evidence that anything was stolen from the cookie jar.
0: Okay, so let me present to you exhibit, exhibit three. Oh, that was exhibit two. It's really close in so you can see the stamp of the malted milk on there. Okay, I've just done that one. Okay, so we see now an empty cookie jar and crumbs in these positions here.
2: So did we not just hear Jamie say that he loves malted milks? (laughs) Yes, we did. So I'd like to propose that the most probable explanation of what happened to these malted milks is that Jamie ate them himself. (laughs) Okay.
0: That's a very reasonable argument. But here we have a text from Jamie to James. At 10.21, James, I've almost finished my fast. It ends tomorrow at 7 a.m. And, re- I'm, and I'm looking forward to eating the whole pack of morted milk. Mmm, malted milk. So we, we can see that, that there was a plan to eat the morted milk, but it didn't happen in time. And to prove this, Jamie had a blood toxin taken. <laughs> that proved that he was low on sugar
2: at that point in time. So why should we suspect Augusto? I mean it could have been anyone who took the biscuits. Um, Do we even have any evidence that Augusto had similar biscuits on him after this point? Well
0: strangely enough we have this picture of Augusto standing by the window which doesn't seem like any Anything wrong with that? But unless you zoom in into his back pockets, what do we see?
2: Okay, well, I'd like to suggest that that we don't have an adequate motive for this this crime, and we we don't even know. He has molten milks on him, sure, but we don't know that he likes them and that he would have wanted to stole them in the vote. It could have been planted on him.
0: Okay, now this was a recording taken off Augusto's phone. I am a
3: cooking monster. I am a cooking monster.
2: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on,
3: hold on. I am Augusto Cesar. We don't know. I am a cooking monster. I am a cooking monster.
2: We don't know that that's Augusto's voice. There's no evidence that that's Augusto. It could be someone impersonating him. I am a cooking monster.
3: I am cooking monster. I am Augusto Cesar Flores Nietzsche. Okay. I
2: love to eat co- Okay, um, he calls himself a cookie monster. We, we know it's Augusto. But what does the phrase cookie monster actually mean? It doesn't mean necessarily that he likes cookies. In fact, cookie monster could mean the exact opposite. It could mean that he hates cookies.
3: I am a cookie monster. I am a cookie monster. I am Augusto Cesar Flores Nietzsche. I love
2: to eat cookies. <laughs> but cookies you know, is quite a general term. And we're dealing with a, you know, a very specific kind of cookie here, which a lot of people would turn their noses up at. Um, I can think of lots of people who don't like malted milk cookies. He might like cookies, but not like malted milks. I am a cookie
3: monster. I am a cookie monster. I am Augusto Cesar Flores Nietzsche. I love to eat cookies. Yeah. I love malted milk. <laughs> I will build a house of molten milk and eat it to the ground.
2: Okay, <clears throat> we have um, some further information. Um, Augusto has an alibi of why he couldn't be in the house at that particular point in time. Um, can I please present this? Um, here's a, uh, a snapshot of Augusto's diary, and we can actually see that on the, uh, during the time in question Augusto is scheduled to be at an all-night prayer meeting. So there's no way that he could have been at Jamie's house at 2 o'clock in the morning to steal the cookies.
0: Okay, I would like to respond to that with a witness testimony. Can I please have the witness here? James, were you at the all-night prayer meeting on the night in question?
2: Yes, I was.
0: Was Augusto there?
2: No, he wasn't. Thank you. <laughs> so he wasn't at the prayer meeting, but we don't know where he was. He could have been anywhere at the night in question. He could have been walking the dog. He could have been, you know, at the beach. We, we have no evidence of where Augusto was during this time.
0: I would like to present some more evidence which will put beyond doubt that Augusto is guilty of this crime. We tracked Augusto's GPS on his phone (laughs) and you will see he is at the address in question at 2.13 in the morning. And now we also have security film footage of Augusto. And now I'd like to call to the stand Augusto, um, who has been connected with us via video conferencing. Um, Augusto, were you guilty of this crime that you're charged with?
3: I will never confess to this crime. Augusto, did you do it? No, I will not confess. Come on Augusto, did you do it? I will not confess. Come on Augusto. Oh, okay, I did it. I stole Jamie Smart's milk and ate them all. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you pesky kids. (laughs)
0: Okay, now I, I believe the defense has nothing more to put forward. We have pre- presented evidence to put it beyond reasonable doubt. So, executioner, will you bring that spoon? And we need to take that to Augusto. Let's, take, a, take a big look at that. Okay, that's got to be FedExed. You hold that for me. Okay, right, bring it this way.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 okay, right, thank you very much. You can take your seats again executioner and judge. What we have there is a trial that put it beyond doubt. It was even the defense could no longer provide a defense. We see that with, uh, in the Bible, when Isaiah found himself before God, he said, Woe to me, I cried, for I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live beyond people of unclean lips, and now my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. There will be a point where we cannot give defence anymore. All of the arguments that we might live our lives, trying to push forward, the blame that we shift the desire to try and fix it ourselves will no longer work. And we will face our own execution. But this is the beauty of what we're seeing. That a judge, a just judge cannot just demand a second payment. So you could say, well, just dip the spoon in and grab another Marmite and then give it to Augusto because he deserves it. But because the judge stepped down and swallowed that, there's not a second spoon. And it would require an unjust judge to demand two payments for one penalty. And that's the beauty of our gospel. It's the fact that it's been swallowed. There is no longer any punishment due us. John Stott says the essence of sin is that we human beings substituted ourselves for God while the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for us. We put ourselves where only God deserves to be. God puts himself where only we deserve to be. That's what we have. When we come to that point of realizing, you know what, we can't defend. We we can't even fix where we've got to. The miracle is the judge stepped down and swallowed on our behalf. It can be likened to the idea of being chased by a hungry lion and a piece of meat is thrown out and that lion is deterred from chasing us and it devours that piece of meat, but so much so that it never gets hungry again. That God's wrath was completely satisfied, never ever needing another feast And when I see Jesus on that cross, I'm humbled that he had to do it. He had to do it because of my sin. It was not defendable anymore. Just like the trial that we just saw for Augusto, we keep going down and down and down, and we realize we've got no more arguments. We've got no more defense, and we have to recognize we're guilty. He had to do it. So I'm humbled that he had to do it, but I'm affirmed that he was glad to do it. He chose to do it, And that pleased him. Now, because he's done that for me, it means that I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to find those reasons to try and pass the blame. When I've not not packed the rash vest, I can take that. Because ultimately, my greatest issues have been dealt with by God. One of the things that makes... Christian's different to any other religion. Is that every religion repents of their wrongdoing. But we're taught to repent of our right doing as well. We repent of our good works because our good works are still a desire to save ourselves. If we try and present ourselves to God by anything that we've managed to do for ourselves, it never takes us to where we need to be. Now, you may feel like There's still things that you feel that you've got to argue your case. You've still got to bring your defense forward on. And I believe that God wants to release you of that today. And even release you from the thought that you've got to save yourself. Now we all know in theory that no, we don't need to do that. But how much do we still live our lives like that? Still needing to defend and justify ourselves. So that's what I want to leave you with today, the fact that the judge came down. He swallowed the punishment that we were rightfully due, and he was glad to do it. Right. Thank you, Jamie. So... Um, we will, that brings us to the end this morning. It's summertime. We can finish early in the summer. Um, if you want to respond, if you want um, prayer, then do come forward and ask some of the leaders to watch out. I don't think we have a rotaed on prayer team, but if leaders can watch out to see if there's people that need prayer, then you can come and pray. And that's it. Go and enjoy the sunshine.